All right, welcome back. Episode 33 of Catching a Buzz. Um, no crack of any alcoholic beverage into the mic today. Um, it is finals week, so I am sadly not drinking anything but coffee and um, uh, bang energy drink. Um, that seems like the only two things that can actually influence my caffeine right now. Um, Monster doesn't do it. Uh, Red Bull doesn't do it. I think we talked about this last week about coffee, but do you do, um, no, I think we talked about Red Bull actually, cause I was drinking a Red Bull a couple weeks ago. Wasn't I? Yeah. You were drinking the, what did you say? A Red Bull light blue. Oh yeah. The blueberry Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm not I, a big caffeine guy. Yeah. I, I wasn't either until I needed to stay up from 1230 in the morning till 430 in the morning writing a paper because I messed up the due dates. So I am a little fatigued right now. Um, no energy drink in hand, no nothing. So I'm kind of going um, off some fumes right now, even though I slept a good seven hours after I finished at four in the morning. You, you know, what's kind of annoying huh. is that in college, your commencements is before you're actually done. Yeah, that's that's the worst thing in the history of school. Like, it doesn't make any sense for me to graduate on the Sunday before finals start. Like, then I just got to go through hell again, even though I'm like, oh, I graduated. I don't have to do any more schoolwork ever. And then it's like, oh, wait, you have to study for the next 24 hours straight five times in a row, you know? Well, and like, at least it's stone. Like, maybe other high schools have commencements before you're done with school. But like we were done and then we had commencements and that was it. Like we just never came back. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I don't know, it's just kind of annoying that you like, I'm oh, I'm guessing it's annoying, you know, until I'll find out when I graduate in like eight years, but I'm guessing it's annoying that you have to like go through commencements. It's like the final ceremony. Hey, good luck in life. Oh, by the way, these next five days are still going to suck. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't, you, there's no time to celebrate. I, I had a couple drinks on um, Sunday during graduation and then we were hanging out with the fam. And then I was like, Hey guys, it's seven 30. I gotta go study for my test on Monday. Like what the fuck? <laughs> anyway it's just a dumb concept <laughs> um after starting out the episode with some not so fun talk topic um we're gonna move right to the nba Giannis Antetokounmpo Ugo 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 Antetokounmpo um signed the biggest contract not only in NBA or not only in Wisconsin sports history but NBA history as far as money wise um I'm I think it's the most impactful signing in Wisconsin sports history five years 228 million dollar supermax it keeps Giannis here for at least another four years with a fifth year option for Giannis um that I'm assuming he'll take if if we succeed like we should with Giannis in the next four years um I mean you you think about it and you you have your contracts that you say whoa this changes Wisconsin sports you had I mean not so much Aaron Rodgers because football's more of a how good your team it's less based around markets, I guess. Well, um, and, and we kind of, I mean, there was really no talk that like, it was kind of just assumed that Rogers would be coming back. Yeah. Um, there was little to no talk about Yelich leaving because I mean, once again, it's just kind of different. The NBA, everyone's chasing rings first of all, and then they're chasing living in <clears throat> Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, Miami, and here comes humble Giannis Antetokounmpo from Greece and says, hey, this is my home. I want to stay here. My mom doesn't want to move. My family doesn't want to move. So fuck it. Let's stay in Milwaukee on the, uh, in the great state of Wisconsin. This is awesome. Greatest signing Wisconsin sports have ever made. 
Yeah, the only bummer about it is, like, he said, like, this is my home, like, let's get it, whatever he said. And I thought I was going to be super clever and tweet out, like, a video of uh, Wolf of Wall Street. I'm yeah. not fucking leaving. Well, I checked Twitter to tweet it out, and there's already, like, 30 of them. Yeah, and, and the best one made was uh, Nathan Marzion. That dude, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. But like, Marizen or something. Something. He is incredible, and I you could tell he's had that tweet that <laughs> video ready, ready to, to go, go for the since the end of the postseason, probably. I'd assume so because yeah, it was it, electric. Oh, it was an awesome video, and yeah, I like I don't know if I've said it on here, but I've been really, really worried about Giannis not signing. I think the deadline's what the 20th, so like, uh, would that be like Monday or Sunday or something? Yeah. It's like the deadline was obviously approaching and all of a sudden, like, I think the, like, it's kind of cool. It's kind of weird. Like about having like living on our phones and like a world of social media is how quickly news travels. Like before I even got the bleacher, I think bleacher report was like the first update that I got. Yeah. I had like three people in a group chat saying like, Oh my God, Giannis. And I was like, like, what are you talking? Like, did he actually sign it? And all of a sudden then, you know, ESPN and Bleacher Report started blowing up. And then I went on Twitter and that's all it was. It was just kind of cool to like see everybody freaking out about a Wisconsin athlete. Yeah. Um, I was driving in the car, heading up to my mom's work to pick up some stuff. And I didn't even know the news. And I had opened a Snapchat text from Whitey and he goes, Giannis, when he signed that contract extension and it was obviously the gif or the gif or whatever you want to fucking call it of uh i'm not fucking leaving and i was like wait what just happened i had no <laughs> idea and i was like oh shit so i just sat in the parking lot of my mom's work and like scrolled through twitter and retweeted every single thing i saw about Giannis. it was awesome yeah you went on an absolute tear on the retweets listen it, th- something like this only happens maybe three times in your lifetime Oh right. no, I'm not. I'm not blaming you. It was oh, just yeah. like because I have your notifications on, so it kind of made me happy too. Every time, like, oh, I didn't see this one. I didn't yeah. see this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, Giannis is here to stay. Very happy. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad that it went down like this and not in the after the season because to get it out of the way early during this signing period where only he could sign with the bucks with that super max max extension. Um, it just takes every single fucking, I, I wrote about this in our blog, uh, in my blog, but every shred of doubt that anyone had throughout the entire season was going to be magnified to like 20% more than it's supposed to be on the stupid talk shows. with all these stupid guys. Oh, I think Jonas wants to play under the bright lights. He has never once said that. All these fake news from all these people who call themselves journalists. We don't have to listen to it for the entire year, which is awesome. Yeah, well, no, and like you said, like people, you know, you'll see guys in the locker room like, oh, it's not a distraction, whether it's like a trade talk or an extension talk. Yes, it is. It's always a distraction. If one of the greatest players in the NBA didn't sign an extension with the team, it is going to be a free agent. It's going to be a distraction the entire year. There's no way around it. Like you're lying if you say it's not something that's on your mind. Yeah. And um, just some closing words on this. I, I was never, I, 
between me and Whitey, I was the more optimistic one about this Giannis oh, yeah. thing. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, easily. And I, I've never really wavered on the fact that I thought he was going to or thought he was going to stay. Um, but I guess I did kind of because I was going to ask for a Giannis jersey for Christmas, but I didn't do it. Yeah, I guess that's that's like, uh, you know, they say like, oh, if you're not sure on a decision, flip a coin. And like while the coin's in the air, you'll realize yep. what you actually want. Yeah, That was kind of your coin flip moment. Of like yeah, how you felt was. if you were confident or not. Like, do I get a Giannis jersey or no? Yeah, and and it was it was like a seventy five percent yes, twenty five percent no. I should get the jersey, um, but I still went with no just in case. But now I can get it one without worrying at all. Well, yeah, now you're good for at least you know four or five years. Yeah, and and by that point, Giannis will have cemented himself as probably the best box player of all time. Um, Moving on though, we'll, we'll we'll go to the other other side of basketball, college basketball. Um, quick little update, just pretty much of the Badgers. Um, the Badgers scheduled um, Loyola Chicago instead of who were they supposed to get? Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa. Um, Northern Iowa had COVID, as we talked about last week, so they scheduled Loyola Chicago. I love this impromptu. Hey, let's just schedule something. It, it, it's happening all over college basketball right now as COVID continues to wreak havoc on on college sports but it's so much easier for basketball than it is for football because you can just say like hey there's six days seven days a week you only play two games on your off day would you maybe come up to madison wisconsin and play us well and the other thing that helps too is like football you're gonna get a lot of coaches that say that's just not enough time to scout and prepare basketball yeah there's some film and scout well burp sorry uh, some film and scouting and everything like that, but it's nowhere near the amount of prep that goes in for football. It's just a lot easier to kind of say, Hey, we're coming up to play. Like let's make a game happen. Yeah. Um, Davison and Trice each score 17 in the win. Um, Johnny Davis has continued to impress everybody who ever watches him play basketball. Um, he had, I think 13 points, eight rebounds, four assists or something like that. Um, Potter shooting the ball well. I think we shot 53% from three. And I know this isn't like your big time matchup, but this this Loyola team was picked second in the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, so it wasn't like a slouch over game. Like this could be a game that a win that you put on your resume. Like no joke. I think this game could have been bigger than people thought it was going to be. Well, yeah, and I think a lot of people, at least, you know, you look at recency bias, people remember Loyola from what was, I guess it couldn't have been last year because we didn't have the tournament. How far of a run did they make? Uh, Final four. Yeah, so they are one of the last, uh, they are one of the most recent Final Four teams in the land. Yeah. Yeah, with with Clay Custer, uh, the Missouri Valley Player of the Year. He he was ridiculous. Yeah, so hey, uh, you beat a Final Four team. That's a good win, Phil. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, nothing else for really to talk about in college basketball. Um, maybe we could. No, I don't. I don't want to get into Luca Garza talk because I I would rather I would get angry. But that <laughs> but that dude's play, that dude's playing insane. But I just don't believe in him. Oh, Sorry. he's balling. I, I just don't believe in it. Um, we'll move on to college football. Um, you want to start it out, Whitey? Yeah, so recap week 15 quick. Uh, this one little little unfortunate, but hey, you, you got to talk about the news, right? Hello, darkness, my old friend. So uh, unranked LSU uh, comes in and beats number six, Florida, 37-34. Uh, 
pretty much completely upending Florida's playoff hopes, even even if they were to beat Bama uh, on Saturday in the SEC championship. They're already behind Texas A&M, who beat them head-to-head, and now with two losses, it's not good. Uh, Marco Wilson, Florida player on uh, LSU's, what ended up being their game-winning drive, made a tackle to get a third-down stop to get Florida the ball back. Uh, through an LSU player's shoe. They called on sportsman-like 15-yard penalty, first down. LSU would drive down and uh, kick the what ended up being the game-winning field goal. The thing about that, though, is, well, first off, I hate when people just shred a single dude on Twitter for anything. Yep. Like, it happened, like, MVS got death threats because he fumbled the ball. And, like, this Marco, like, yeah, did he make a smart play? No, he shouldn't have thrown the shoe. But first of all, Florida should have been winning that game against an unranked team with their playoff hopes on the line. Like, yeah, like they put themselves in a situation where a personal foul could have cost them the game. And two, Florida had a shot to score at the end of the game and either force overtime or score a touchdown and win. It's not like it's not like that first down made it to LSU could just kneel the ball out. Like, Yeah. yeah, LSU got the first down. They still weren't in field goal range it it just the game just pissed me off because it shouldn't have been that close and then Dan Mullen pissed me off because he said that it he pretty much said it's bullshit that they're out of the playoff race because Ohio State has only played whatever it is like six games off you just lost to unranked LSU who's three and six on the year right like (laughs) win your game and that doesn't matter yeah. Even with a loss um, early in the season to AM, they still controlled their own destiny if they could just beat LSU, which shouldn't have been a problem, and then beat Bama in the SEC championship. Yeah. A um, couple of things that I I would like to say. Um, one, I've seen so many people take hold of somebody's shoe after it falls off and just do something with it, toss it to the sideline. And this might be mostly NFL where it really – I mean, I guess it doesn't get blown out of proportion. But this is – Throwing a shoe is going to give you a 15-yard penalty. I just don't get that. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I, I didn't like the call. I, I don't like that you – and once again, this it, it this single play didn't ruin their playoff hopes. Um, but it kind of – it's easy to pinpoint and say, hey, we could have had a chance at the playoffs if we didn't throw a single shoe, you know? That's well, tough. yeah, I agree with that. And my big thing, though, is like – they shouldn't have let LSU be in that game in the first place. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Kyle Trask, um, I don't want to take credit, but um, a couple weeks ago when Florida played Tennessee, I said this was going to be a Kyle Trask letdown game. It, it is Kyle, right? Yes. Okay, just making sure. We got Kyle um, Trask and Kyle Pitts. Okay, yeah, uh, I said that would be a letdown game. It wasn't, but I was only a week off. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's not it's not a bad prediction. Sure, he went for four thirty three and four touchdowns against Tennessee, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's hasn't turned the ball over a lot. Had what was it, three touchdowns and uh, thirty or uh, sorry, three interceptions and thirty eight picks coming to the game. Went uh, two touchdowns and two picks against LSU. So, yeah, obviously didn't do uh, – didn't have his greatest game. 
And the turnovers didn't help either. I mean, like you want to point fingers, turning the ball over twice for an offense that's used to not turning the ball over. That hurts just as much as one personal foul for throwing a shoe. Yeah. Um, We'll move on, though, to a a matchup that I don't even know if you could call this like a game. Number 17, UNC, led by Sam Howell, beats number 10, Miami, led by Derek King at 62 to 26. Um, a little bit of that that nines rule once again. Um, thirty six points. Yep, thirty six. Bingo. Yep. Um, this game was never in doubt. There were just memes all over Twitter that whole day or that whole night or whenever it was about Miami fans reacting in the stands to this absolute beatdown. Um, UNC looked ridiculously good, or Miami looked really bad. I couldn't really tell because it was so lopsided. Yeah, it was like it was a fun game. Well, I guess I, you know, I flipped on and off because it what was it? Was it the 11 a.m. or the 2:30? Pretty sure it was the 2:30. Yeah, so obviously with the Badger game going on, I wasn't really watching a whole lot of it. But uh, yeah, the Tar Heels, like they're weird because so they were ranked as high as I think number five early in the yep. year back when it was like some group of five SEC and ACC. And everybody said like, there's no way. Well, at least I don't know. I was saying, yeah, there's no way they're a number five team in the country. And that's true. But as the season's gone on, yeah, they've been upset a couple times and haven't beaten, you know, the tops, you know, they haven't like, they lost to Notre Dame, which was the best team they're going to face all year. Mm-hmm. They're still looking like a pretty damn good football team. Yeah. I love Sam Howell. I love Mac Brown. Um, uh, UNC is going to be good in the next couple of years, like really good. I think if they can, I mean, I'm still not impressed by their defense. So if they can figure that shit out, they're going to be a damn good team that could contend in the ACC. I also love that Mac Brown's back at UNC. Yeah, it's awesome. Cause like, I don't know if, you know, he's like for good reason, he's synonymous. That's the word, right? Synonymous. Yeah. With Texas, with Texas. So it's kind of, but it's kind of cool seeing him go back to like where he really got his start. Yeah, I love seeing him in, in them Carolina blues too. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, Jake mentioned it a tiny bit. Uh, Badgers equal pain. Um, they lost to Iowa 28 to seven. Um, at this point, I don't really care anymore. Um, as, as long as we fucking win this week and, and, a little preview. We'll just skip to this right away. Um, during this conference championship week, um, everyone in the Big Ten plays somebody. Um, so Wisconsin was supposed to play somebody from the East. Um, we just scheduled Minnesota. So Battle for the Axe is back on. Um, super fucking pumped for that. I would be more excited if we had played them before I realized we were very, very bad. Um, so we'll see what happens, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm excited for the game. Uh, just before we keep talking about the game, I just want to make a quick note about like college football. You know what I think should be a thing moving forward is like having game, like having kind of, if you want to call them like, not like, you know, tournament games or anything, but like, I really like the idea of certain teams also playing the week of conference championships. Like, yeah, sure. It kind of like it's it's one thing to have just conference championships playing at that time. But at the same time, you have a team like Texas A&M who's sitting at number five playing Tennessee. So it gives them another chance to kind of put something on paper and put something on a resume in case, you know, Alabama or Clemson loses. It gives them another resume booster to try to get themselves into the playoff. 
Yeah, I get that. I, I like that idea, but uh, like it's it's get... not gonna happen. Yeah, but it, I kind of like it'd this be a whole idea. Nightmare. I yeah, I kind of like this whole idea of like at least what the Big Ten wanted to do. It didn't really work out. We're like the second teams in each division mm-hmm. play each other, and the third all the way down because it kind of you know like if you have a year where let's say back when Penn State was still really good but they didn't beat ohio state so they didn't make the big 10 championship you still give penn state a chance to play the number two team in the west maybe you know on a given year that could have been a team like wisconsin who was still ranked really high i just like the opportunity it gives teams to try to build a better resume and it's more football which doesn't hurt but anyway uh yeah looking at the badgers (sighs) if we don't win this week if we don't win this week um I'm going to have to take a long, hard look in the mirror and tell myself not to end it all. Yeah, I mean, it's just like we haven't looked good since our first two big wins. Obviously, not having your top two receivers doesn't help the offense. But to win games, you still, no matter who you're putting out, you have to find a way to score more than seven points, which we haven't done in our last three games. Yeah, um, I think the the loss um... – of Danny Davis, it really goes uh, somewhat unnoticed with this team um, because he can open up so many options for this team. Um, he's incredible in the jet sweep action. He's the only player on a roster that consistently gets open um, in passing routes. I just, if we had him these last two games, I feel like we would have probably gone one and one. Honestly, he, he's that much of a game changer. Um, and it hasn't helped that we had Kendrick Pryor out um against indiana um it's this team is a whole lot different than what people perceive it as right now um and we'll see that next year when this team absolutely becomes a powerhouse once again um it's just i guess get all the losing out of the way this year when the year really doesn't matter and then go for it next year well and i'm not like gonna sit here and i mean danny it's not like he's been putting up numbers the two games that he did play did he get hurt against michigan uh yeah towards the end of Michigan yeah so like he he only has three catches on the year so it's not like he's being a like when he was playing he was putting up numbers I think it's just more the threat of having your top two options available that kind of opens everything up because when you're playing your you know third fourth fifth receivers it gives defenses more of a chance to tee off on the run even more than teams have already done in the past. Yeah, and when Wisconsin doesn't have a run game, they have absolutely nothing like we've seen um, as they try to go against eight in the box for every single play um, in these last two games. Um, We'll move on to conference championship week. Uh, God, I hate when Wisconsin doesn't play in this damn Big Ten championship game, even though I know we're going to lose Ohio State every single time. I like to see him in, in, in Indy anyway. Um, we're going to do same thing we did last year. Um, we did this before the podcast. Obviously, we did it on a blog. Um, but we're choosing every – or we're picking every single conference championship game um, against the spread. Um, so it should be a fun one. It's kind of like what we do with Moneyline Picks, but we're taking in uh, – for NFL, um, we're taking in the spreads, and it's just a fun way to keep track. Um, fun little competition. Our first matchup um, Friday, this Friday at 6 o'clock, the CUSA plays their conference championship game. It's UAB against Marshall. Marshall's a a three-and-a-half point favorite, over-unders 42-and-a-half. You can find this game on CBS Sports Network. Um, 
and I'm not sure if you can even pick against Marshall, even though they lost to Rice, like, right? Two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so it's weird because uh, Marshall, I think, would have been favored by a lot more if they were still coming in undefeated. Uh, UAB squeaked past Rice last week, and Marshall lost 20 nothing to him two weeks ago. Uh, typically, UAB, at least since they've gotten their program uh, reinstated, has just played really good defense, and the offense has put up enough to win them some games and go above 500. This year, Marshall's offense and defense are just both better than UAB. I'm not going to like sit here and say I know the competition levels they've played in Conference USA. <laughs> I, I don't know if UAB's just had a harder conference schedule. Uh, but Marshall's had a really good year uh, I, with a lower over under, you know, that just obviously probably means it'll be a closer game uh, with an over under of 42 and a half, but I like Marshall to cover here. Yeah. Um, for all those reasons, uh, I like Marshall as well. Um, the point spread is just too low um, for me to take UAB in this situation after watching what Marshall has done pretty much the whole entire season. Um, not as of late, but they've just been impressive the whole season. Um, I'm going to take Marshall minus three and a half. Um, next up, Mac. Uh, Maction is back on Friday, uh, 6.30 p.m. on ESPN. Ball State plays Buffalo. They're up in, uh, I think they play their championship game in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, Buffalo is a 13 and a half point favorite, 67 and a half point over under. Um, I'm going to take Buffalo. Uh, the thing about Buffalo is they're so fucking dominant. Ever since uh, Leopold got there from UW-Whitewater, um, it took a couple years, but th- that is a well-coached team up there in Buffalo, um, and it will be as long as Leopold stays. Um, it's tough because 13.5 points is a lot, but I could see Buffalo winning by like 27. Yeah, it's a lot of points, but Buffalo's been hanging up a lot of points too. I think yeah. they've put up – over 60 a couple times and it's mostly with Jared Patterson and running the ball. I like I looked up what his stats would have been if they or what he projected to have been <clears throat> if it was like a full uh 12 game season. He would have put up well over 2000 yards. Let me see what he would have had for touchdowns here if they projected if they played 12. Yeah. So he is on pace for 2,050 rushing yards off, you know, 250 attempts and 36 rushing touchdowns. Obviously, he's having a phenomenal year. Phil, I did a little uh, did a little research on this game. Yeah. So Ball State, I looked up the top rushers in the MAC, and yep. Ball State played the number three rusher in the MAC from Western Michigan. And against Western Michigan, to their top two, they're giving up over six yards of carry. So for that reason. Space- Hammer Buffalo. Hammer Buffalo minus 13 and a half. I'll take it with you. Even though this is somewhat of a competition, I'll take Buffalo as well. Um, too well coached for me and, and too athletically gifted. Um, next up, Friday at 7 p.m., we got the Pac-12. Oregon plays USC. Oregon is filling in, I believe, for Washington, who had COVID problems. Uh, yeah. Um, USC is a three and a half point favorite, 63 and a half point over under. This game is going to be on Fox. Um, I don't even know what to do with this because I've never believed in USC, but how do you not believe in them when they're playing a team that wasn't even supposed to play in this game? Well, so uh, Keaton Slovis, USC's quarterback, who is kind of in that like 
I don't even know what you'd want to call it last year when they had all those injuries, like a, like a merry-go-round of good quarterbacks at USC, and he's the yeah. one that stuck out and you know didn't transfer. Um, <clears throat> but with that being said, USC has played a lot. I think three of their five games were one-possession games this year, so they've been yeah. playing teams close. And I know Oregon has had a down year. They lost to Oregon State, and I think Cal was the other loss that they just had. Um, yeah, but they had a lot of they had a lot of turnover with Oregon, and because USC's been playing teams close this year, and they kind of know that even if they win, they're not going to make the playoff, and there's no Rose Bowl because that's part of the playoff. I'm going to go with Oregon to cover. Huh. I'm going to go with USC. Just uh, it feels right, even though it feels so wrong. <laughs> I guess that's the way <laughs> I'm going to describe enough. it. Um, the Big Ten is this right? They're playing in the morning. Uh, yeah, eleven a.m. Yikes! Um, eleven a.m. Uh, Northwestern takes on Ohio State. Ohio State is a twenty and a half point favorite. Um, fifty-six and a half point over under. This game's on Fox. Usually, it's the late game on Fox. Um, usually we get Big Twelve and ACC playing around eleven to three. You know, um, SEC is usually right before. Um, yeah, they usually stick in that like traditional three thirty uh, CBS slot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this year, Big Ten's playing eleven a.m. I think this helps Northwestern somehow. I don't know how it's going to help them, but I think it helps them, um, and I think it helps them enough to probably cover. I'm not sure though. That uh, I still got to decide. I guess. What about you? I'm going to go with Ohio State here. Uh, I always. It's kind of one of those like dumb brain things where like I'm like, oh, a good team's not going to lose twice in a row. I think I might put too much into like the motivation and disrespect factor. Uh, But a lot of people like big time college coaches and big time media members have been talking about how Ohio State hasn't earned to be the number four team in the country. They haven't played enough games. I think that's going to fire them up, and I don't think they're going to call the horses back anytime early in this game, pull the reins in. I'm going with Ohio State. I think they're going to kick the hell out of them and cover. Yeah, um, I think um, even with the with the time difference, I thought this game was going to be at night. Um, I did say last week that Ohio State would win by like 35, so I'm going to take Ohio State as well. Um, Big 12 is playing at 11 a.m. too. Um, they're playing on ABC. Oklahoma takes on Iowa State, an Iowa State team that lost to – who did they lose to week one? Uh, Louisiana. Louisiana. Um, over-under is – or Oklahoma's favored by five and a half. Over-under is 58 and a half. Um, this Oklahoma team, it looks a fuck, a fuck ton different than early on in the season when they lost two games. I think they lost to Iowa State already, right? Uh, yes. I, I, Iowa no. State and Kansas State. Is that who it was? I think so. I know they lost to – yeah, it might have been Iowa State too. Yeah, um, 58 and a half point over under. Um, Spencer Rattler's really turning into something. Um, He was the number one rated quarterback coming out of high school um, in the 2019 class, I believe it was, 2018 class. Um, He's really turning into what people thought he was going to be. Um, Brock Purdy, is it Brock? Yep. Uh, he, he's looked a lot better since the first um, couple weeks of the season. I just don't know if Iowa State can hang not playing in Ames. You going Oklahoma? Yeah, I'll go Oklahoma. 
I'm gonna go Iowa State here. Uh, one, uh, we gotta we gotta split somewhere. Uh, but <laughs> also, I just think Iowa State plays really good defense. They've shown they can hang with Oklahoma before. I don't know if they're gonna win, but I think their defense and assuming Brock Purdy plays a decent game will be enough to at least keep it closer than five and a half. All right, next up, uh, the Sun Belt at 2.30 in the afternoon. Louisiana takes on Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is still undefeated, is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, 55-and-a-half-point over-under. This game's on ESPN. Um, I am going to take Louisiana to upset. Okay, uh, yeah, I, that's not where I thought you were going to go. I thought we were a little bit of a uh, Coastal Carolina podcast. I, I want to be, but... It just feels like, although, although we are a UAB podcast and we both picked Marshall, so no harm, yeah, no that's, foul. That's tough. Um, I just feel like Coastal Carolina. Um, they had that big win against BYU. They struggled this past week, barely getting a win over. I don't even know what bum team it was. Um, was but I Louisiana. Was a, well, I think it was Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah. Who are they playing this week? Louisiana. Non Lafayette. Whatever. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're playing the Cajuns this week. The Raging Cajuns. I thought that was Lafayette. No, this, uh, Lafayette is. Let me look it up here. There's so many damn Louisiana teams. Tulane, Louisiana, La Tech, um, Louisiana Monroe. No, they played Louisiana Monroe. Is that what it was? Yeah, Lafayette is the Raging Cajuns. Lafayette. So okay, okay. They just wait, go they by play? Louisiana. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Monroe. Okay, yeah. Um, Either way. uh, Struggled, or no, it was Troy that they almost lost to. Oh, Jesus, it wasn't even a Louisiana team. Jesus Christ. And Troy is actually a pretty decent football program. Yeah, decent Um, program. Uh, You said you like Louisiana here. I like Coastal Carolina to cover. Uh, I just think that offense is so hard to predict with kind of the new, you know, read out. Like, they're not doing anything that's unheard of. It's just they're like an option offense that's not your traditional option offense mixed in with a lot of RPOs and stuff like that. I think last week kind of could have been a little bit of a letdown slash look-ahead game for them. I like Coastal Carolina to cover here. All right. Um, Next up, we got a spread that – I mean, I guess it makes sense, but it doesn't make sense at the same time. Uh, The 3 p.m. slot is – ACC action Clemson plays Notre Dame um, in this highly anticipated matchup Clemson's a 10 and a half point favorite 59 and a half point over under on ABC Um, before we talk about spread I will be taking the over in this game Um, I don't know why it just kind of looks right right now Um, but 10 and a half seems like a a lot of points for this game yeah, 10 and a half is a lot. I know Clemson only lost by seven in overtime uh, without Trevor Lawrence and now obviously they have Trevor Lawrence but Notre Dame still hung up a ton of points on Clemson the first time, and Ian Book stayed just as hot since then, still having a hell of a season. I think 10 and a half is too many. I'm going with Notre Dame to cover, even though I think Clemson's going to win this game. Yeah, I think Clemson wins as well. This 10 and a half is like 7 and a half, I could see that. 8 and a half, I could maybe see that. But 10 and a half just seems like way too much. And maybe that's something that Vegas knows and we don't. You know, I hate this shit. Um, that's why betting fucking sucks, but it's also awesome at the same time. Um, maybe this is one of those games where you put too much into the motivation on Clemson to actually kick Notre Dame's ass just because they already lost to them. Uh, I guess I'll take Clemson. 
Right. There's I everything in my mind tells me to take Notre Dame plus ten and a half, which is why I have to take Clemson, right? Well, yeah. If if you want to say if you want to fake yourself out, that might be a power move. Yeah, I guess I'm taking Clemson. Um, next up, 15 minutes later in the day, we start our next conference matchup, uh, the Mountain West Conference. Boise State plays San Jose State. Boise State's a six and a half point over under, fifty or er, six and a half point favorite, fifty six and a half point over under. This game's going to be on Fox. I'm taking Boise State. Nothing to really talk about because I don't know, I know nothing about these two teams, but I can't remember the last time I picked against Boise State in a Mountain West championship game. Yeah, I mean you're you're bringing up some good points. Uh, I have not watched. I don't think I've watched Boise State. Maybe watched them once this year. Uh, I've caught San Jose State probably two or three times late, late at night on FS1. You know, like the nine o'clock kickoff. I like the uniforms. Uh, <laughs> haven't been good lately. They're undefeated. Give me San Jose State. San Jose State's undefeated right now. Yeah, I think they're six and zero. Oh, Boise's five and one. They San Jose does have electric uniforms. Yeah, they're like blue and yellow combo. Yeah, kind of like kind of kind of Chargers esque, the new Chargers, but not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they got yeah, it's just a cool cool color scheme. Yeah. Um. Next up, 7 p.m. The nightcaps. Uh, we got two games at seven. First one's the American <clears throat> Athletic Conference. Uh, Tulsa takes on Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a 14 and a half point favorite, 45 and a half point over under. This game's on ABC. Um, I like Tulsa with the spread right here, even though Cincinnati maybe still thinks they might sort of have a chance at the college football playoff. Uh, 14 and a half is a lot of points, and Tulsa's a, a better team than that, I think. Yeah, so uh, this game I think was originally supposed to be played in the regular season for the last like couple weeks, and Tulsa yeah. uh, has had COVID issues within the program. That's kind of making me lean towards Cincinnati. They both have time to prep for this game, uh, but Cincinnati has actually been able to, even even if Tulsa was able to return this week, Cincinnati still had more time where they were able to have football activity. I'm going to go with Cincinnati to cover, playing for a little bit more than Tulsa is. I think I've bet Cincinnati three times this year and they haven't covered once. So I will not be betting them again. Uh, last up. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Last up, uh, SEC championship game um, on CBS at 7 Wait o'clock. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? This, this might change everything. It's Big Ten at night? No, 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 no. The COVID was in the was within the Cincinnati program. Oh, what are you gonna do now? Oh, kind of painted myself into a corner here. Yeah, I think you might have to keep your pick though. Yeah, I do. I'm sticking with it. All right. <laughs> um, the SEC game, 7 p.m. on CBS. Like I just said, Florida plays Alabama. Alabama, 17 and a half point favorite. I hate this line um, because they're just taking so much into account um, the recent loss of Florida. Um, this game, if Florida didn't lose that LSU game, which they barely lost, um, I mean, this spread probably would have been nine and a half, ten and a half instead of a whole touchdown more. So I don't really know what to do. Over under 73 and a half, which is ridiculously high. Mac Jones is playing really fucking good football. Um that whole Alabama team is ridiculous. So I don't really know what to do. I guess I'll take Alabama minus 17 and a half. Cause I think it's way too high. 
you think it's like yeah i got i gotta i gotta psych myself out of of my common thinking oh okay so yeah you're going with that uh logic again yeah (sighs) yeah i mean this is a big spread but obviously i like Saban finds a way to motivate his team and kick the hell out of whoever they're playing. Uh, they've shown that all year against, you know, kick the hell out of Georgia. None of their games have really been close except for really, I think it was the Ole Miss game where it was, you know, close for most of it. And then Alabama won by 14 or something. Yeah. But with that 17 and a half is too much. I'm looking for a backdoor Florida cover here in the sec championship. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Late score comes back to bite me in the ass. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this. I feel like this game is either going to be very close, or it's going to be a twenty-four point game, and maybe get that backdoor cover. You know what I'm saying? Hey, that's all. That's all it takes. That's all yeah. I need. All right, those are our picks against the spread for conference championship week. Um, we'll keep you updated throughout um, the week or the the games on Twitter. I'll let you know what we have, and then and then results after each game um kind of like a big 10 sec channel big 10 acc challenge or something um but i call big 10 jake you're at acc damn it yeah, yeah sorry well i'll take it yeah um moving on to nfl you want to recap uh week 14 yeah so week 14 nothing uh nothing too well actually no there was some pretty exciting stuff going on uh chiefs beat the dolphins 33 to 27 lot closer or a little bit the Dolphins covered I'll just say that a lot closer than a lot of people including myself thought it was going to be uh, the Chiefs hung up some points but the Dolphins stayed with them Mahomes goes 24 of 34 for 393 yards two touchdowns and the most surprising stat three interceptions for Mahomes uh, on the other side of quarterback Tua went 28 of 48 316 yards two touchdowns one pick uh, I think I watched part of this game at B-Dubs because me and my buddies went there for the Packer game. Uh, pretty exciting game to watch. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, what a fucking cover by the Dolphins. You don't even think they have a chance to cover with about 10 minutes left in that football game. Um, and then even with a couple minutes left and, and down to that last minute, uh, I think there was like 12 seconds left on the clock and, and Brian Flores decides, hey, let's kick a field goal, try and get the onside kick and then throw a Hail Mary. Um, so real late backdoor cover for the uh, Dolphins. Jason Sanders hits a 45-yard field goal um, that ends up bringing it within six and then therefore covering, um, which was awesome. Um, be- well, mostly because I had Jason Sanders on my fantasy team and I didn't think he'd get any more points, but then he did. Um, Mahomes, this might be – I know it's like weird to say, but this might be a game where people point back and be like, oh, maybe this doesn't give you the MVP. Um, Aaron Rodgers has played so ridiculously well and he had that bad game against Tampa Bay so you could maybe uh, liken that to this situation Um, but I don't know Mahomes just he's so unfair that when he screws up even the littlest bit he gets so ridiculed well yeah and I think recency bias definitely helps with the MVP race so if Rodgers you know, doesn't have any bad games the rest of the way, then that means if you look at the two and you think back about how they played, you're more likely to remember Mahomes' bad game than you are Rodgers. But, yeah, I mean, the dude still almost puts up 400 yards, couple touchdowns, and his team wins, and he still gets ripped because he had a bad day turnover-wise. Yeah. Um, Tua had a two a day, um, two touchdowns, one interception, 316 yards. Um, I mean – 
these are really, really good rookie numbers, really good rookie numbers. It just kind of feels like, oh, yeah, Tua did that. That makes sense, even though, like, we should be amazed by this, right? Yeah, like, he obviously had a real – I mean, you look at that and you would you would accept that from a lot of guys who have been starting quarterbacks for five, ten years. Yeah. Uh, so it's still good to see a rookie do it. Not as uh, Not as efficient as he was in college, which was kind of one of his big, like – pros i guess if you will you know with the 20 incompletions that's still quite a lot but you throw the ball 50 times and you get a couple touchdowns out of it still a really good day for most quarterbacks let alone a guy who's in what like his fifth start yeah um the dolphins have a really 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 bright future that defense if they're able to keep most of their pieces um is playing unreal for like the kind of names they have and and they've drafted a lot of high high defensive picks in the past like four or five years but they ended up trading a lot of them away to get draft capital um i know they obviously traded away minka fitzpatrick a dude that would absolutely be shining on this defense um because he is shining in pittsburgh um so even though this defense has drafted some high talent um they shipped off shipped them off and they still have a good defense and if tua turns into the quarterback we think he's going to this dolphins team is going to be around for a while yeah, they got all the pieces they need. They obviously have who I, at least I think, and I think you would agree, is a really good head coach with Brian Flores. Uh, I'm glad they're in the AFC. Yeah, very glad. <laughs> um, I I think um, maybe their target this offseason is maybe a um, – they don't really have a high pick, but they, they're in that range where they're probably going to get like the 20th pick in the draft, and maybe that's like the first or second wide receiver off the board. I would love seeing Devontae Parker not be the only option to throw to. Yeah, maybe get another Bama connection, get a little uh, get a little Tua Devontae Smith going. That would be ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, moving on, though, Steelers lose their second game in a row. They fall to the Bills 26-15. to 15. Um, I saw a stat – um that kind of shocked me um the Steelers in their last three games haven't scored above 20 points um they've scored 19 I think 17 and 15 that's ugly that's really ugly this offense looks completely different than it did the first 10 weeks of the year well yeah I think the writing was kind of on the wall with this game obviously my dumbass thinking good teams can't lose two in a row didn't (laughs) see it but you saw how bad the offense looked against Baltimore and then, you know, in their loss last week against Washington didn't look good. And this week it hasn't looked good. Something's going on in Pittsburgh. They, they have a non-existent run game nowadays. Um, they, I don't think James Conner's their all-out solution for their run game. Um, you know, they thought maybe that could happen after Le'Veon left. And, he, and he's shown a lot of good potential, but I feel like he's just not consistent. He's always injured. Um, so that run game is suffering. Every single play they have is like shotgun, Big Ben catches the ball and releases it within like the first second and a half of having it. Um, and there are these short little dump-offs and, and crossing plays. Uh, crossing routes and, and nothing ever really deep. I think that's when they really shined was when they were able to extend Claypool down the field and, and clear out some of those linebackers and safeties that are trying to just sit in the middle of the field. I, I This offense looks completely different. Their defense is struggling right now with injuries. Bud Dupree's out. Um, so I, I this Steelers team is not the same, and I don't think they're going to have success in the playoffs if they can't get healthy. 
Yeah, they just got to figure it out on offense. I mean, obviously, I think you would agree. Like, do they have potential? Yes, but they got a lot to figure out before they can reach that. Yeah. Um, the Ravens uh, beat the Browns in the game of the year. I'm, I'm confidently calling that the game of the year um, on Monday night this week. Uh, 47 to 42. Um, hell of a uh, uh, bad beat. Uh, a good win. I don't even know. It's definitely a bad beat for, for Brown's betters. Um, if you didn't know line was sitting at three to three and a half um, before the game started um, in favor of the Ravens. Um, it was a little weird because the Ravens were what seven and six or something. And the Browns were 10 and two, I don't or eight and, two, like whatever. Nine and three. Yeah. Whatever it was. Um, so you knew something was up when the Ravens were favored. Um, Ravens end up being up 45 42 at the end of things um and then they do their the browns do their schoolyard bullshit lose the ball into the end zone safety cover i was very happy because i had the ravens minus three and a half and they weren't covering before that play um very happy i also had the over and that hit within like the first half so i was happy with that game um i think we need to talk about um the lamar jackson paul pierce situation yeah, so Lamar left the game allegedly with cramps. <laughs> There's no way they were cramps. No chance. When people are saying, like, oh, his arm was cramping, that's why he was, like, running back. But, like, he yeah. was running really weird back to the locker room. Basically, if you don't know what we're getting at, everybody's saying Lamar had to take a dump. Yeah, and or had already pooped himself. Yeah, might have shit his pants. Yeah. Um, and, they, the- and then with McSorley getting hurt, then they moved oh. to – uh, McSorley jeopardized his career because Lamar had to shit. Yeah. Um, so while Lamar was taking a dump in the locker room, uh, Trace McSorley comes out there, backup quarterback now, um, and tears his ACL. Uh, and so is fact, that what, like, is that official? Like, did he tear I it? I think so. I think so. I can't, rem- I feel like I saw something, but I might be wrong. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was a torn ACL. Um, all for Lamar to have the chance to poop. Yeah, I mean, it's just a tough look. Oh, okay, it's not that. It's just a knee sprain, but he's still on oh. IR. Okay, if it was a torn ACL, uh, Trace McSorley deserves like a, a six-year extension from the Baltimore Ravens for having like to take he, that hit. He crawled so Lamar could fly. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and the, thing that, the thing about it is Lamar's been so adamant that he didn't have to poop that I feel like he's just trying to cover up for something. Well, it's kind of like that, uh, I mean, other than the fact that they're on the same topic, it's like that Odell situation where, yeah. like, if you don't say anything about it, everybody's going to be like, oh, he's not talking because he did shit himself. Yeah. But if he denies it, everyone's like, well, he's just denying that because he doesn't want anybody to know it's true. Nobody believes that he didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone thinks he pooped himself or had to poop himself. But, I mean, it- he came back after whatever the fuck happened in the locker room, and he absolutely torched the Browns' D um, after a couple big drops from Marquise Brown earlier in the game. Um, Lamar rolls out. Um, looks like he's about to run for the first down. Psych throws it to Marquise about 25 yards downfield, and he runs it in the end zone. Um, the back and forth within the last four minutes of that game was unlike anything I've seen this year. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's definitely at least up there for game of the year. I think most people have it in game of the year to this point. It was just a phenomenal game to watch, especially with since Monday. The like the non the prime times on Monday and Thursday night have just been so brutal this year. Yeah. 
Like Sunday night football has been electric all year long, and the other two prime slots have just been duds. So, yeah, it was good to win one for ESPN. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, the Packers um, are rolling. Uh, they beat the Lions 31-24. Um, the spread was at like 10 or something. I knew this game was going to be a lot closer than that just because it's in Detroit, and we always play the Lions pretty close in Detroit. Um, Rodgers, just a pedestrian, 26 for 33, 290 yards and three touchdowns. Um, he got his – was it this week where he got 400? That was no, last that was, week. That was last week, okay. Um, Devontae, seven for 115 with a touchdown. He scored in, I think, eight or nine straight games, which is a Packers record. Um, this team – with Lazard back, Marquez catching some pretty contested, tough balls. Um, Aaron Jones really hasn't showed much, but we haven't needed him to. This defense is playing better than I expect them to. Um, this this team's tough. This team's really fucking good. Yeah, the offense is looking good as long as the defense can make plays and you know get a couple sacks, get a couple turnovers. I think that's the big thing that's going to help our defense. Isn't going to be all of a sudden just playing better. It's going to be getting those momentum plays, like getting a sack from a guy like Rashawn Gary or the Smith brothers or getting a turnover, just those big, like momentum, exciting plays are going to be what's going to help us go as far as we can. Yeah. I will be very confident in the Packers ability to make the Super Bowl If the defense can guarantee one turnover a game, one, because I know the Packers at most are probably going to turn the ball over once a game, if not zero. They're, they're, they don't turn the ball over. Aaron Rodgers is ridiculous. Um, Aaron Jones doesn't fumble the ball. The most we're going to turn over, I think, is one for the rest of the season. So if the Packers defense can guarantee at least one turnover, I think we have a really good chance. Because, I mean, especially in the playoffs, turnover differential is huge. It's huge. Well, yeah, so if, you can, the, if you can steal a possession and, you know, chances are turnovers create good field possession. So stealing a pos- or field position, stealing a possession there you go. is huge in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so the Packers look to roll or to continue to roll on Saturday night at 7-15 versus the Panthers. Um, first Saturday game in a while. I feel like we don't usually play the Saturday before Thanksgiving or before Christmas. I feel yeah, like it's always you- like – a Steelers game or something. Yeah, we usually don't get that game. And Saturday's either going to be, I mean, okay, yeah, there's a lot of options where it could be a mediocre day. But realistically, Saturday is either going to be a really good day or a really bad day. So we start, I think it's 11 a.m. tip off between the Badgers and number 23, Louisville. Then, as we talked about at 2 30 or 3, we have the Badger football taking on the Gophers. And then we, to cap it off, to make it an even bigger Wisconsin sports day, we got the Packers playing on Saturday night. Yeah. Um, did you see my retweet from Badger ba- or Wisconsin basketball or whatever? Uh, I did not. <laughs> it was uh, it was a clip from old school. You've seen old school, right? Yep. Uh, it was it was when Will Ferrell um, is talking about uh, – it's right before he does the beer bong – and he's talking about what he's going to do on Saturday. He's talking about going to Home Depot and Bed Bath and & Beyond and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did see that. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen that, you should you should look it up because Wisconsin sports, I think it was their basketball page, absolutely killed it on, on Twitter. Um, yeah, that video was hilarious. Um, 
I'm very, very, very excited, but I know I'm going to be let down at one point during the day. At least oh, if, if, if Wisconsin can go three, and zero, that's going to be in the words of the uh, late great uh, V coach V that's a hell of a day. Yeah. Yeah. That would be insane. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and honestly, I'd rather most, most rather have the basketball team lose because games don't really matter this early in the season. Oh yeah. I mean, if, if I'm going to pick one, it's Badger basketball for sure. All right. Here's the official Jim Valvano quote. Yep. If you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a heck of a day. Okay. Here's my thing. I'm going to laugh at how bad the pa- how bad the Packers are beating the Panthers. I am going to think about the future of Badger football. And I'm going to cry about Badger basketball. Okay. I like that. All right. Hey, let's have a heck of a day on Saturday. Damn right. Um, next up, uh, we got Moneyline picks for week 15 of the NFL. Um, last week, me and Jake both went 12 and 3. Um, the NFC Beast went 3 and 1. Um, I think I saw a tweet from some analytics guy. Um, it might have been our buddy Jackson, who said that in the past three weeks of um, NFL football, the conference with the most wins has been the NFC East. Yeah, I mean, well, it kind of sucks because I really wanted a horrible record in the playoffs. But it is impressive that, like, the whole division's just kind of starting to string wins together. Yeah, it's it's very realistic that um, – it's still realistic that uh, the NFC East winner comes in with a 7-9 and nine record. Um, I think that's the most likely case. But Washington can end up 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, they, they're looking pretty damn good in Riverboat Ron. Um, what a hire by Washington, like – the fact that Carolina was willing to let him go, I know things didn't end the greatest and they didn't have the greatest records every um, every year, but that's a great coach and a great hire from Washington. Yeah, it's just kind of like – how do I want to say this? I think you had a stroke there, Whitey. Yeah, no, it was a weird little interaction. My mouth was just not operating in the same <laughs> wavelength as my brain. I think we got it figured out, though. Okay. Carolina felt that, you know, the whole riverboat thing ran its course. They wanted to move on, wanted to get something new and excited. I get that. But, yeah, what a steal for Washington. Yeah. Um, We want to start the money lines? Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, for the first time in a while, we've had uh, we're gonna have the Thursday night game on our money line picks because we usually record on a Friday, not a Thursday. Um, so we're gonna start out with our Thursday night game, which is being played tonight. In Las Vegas, the Chargers travel to the Raiders. Chargers are a four-point dog um, after the Raiders fired their D coordinator last week. Um, 52.5 point over under. The Raiders are uh, without Clell and Farrell and J.J. Abrams on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Jacob, uh, Josh Jacobs is limited on offense right now. Um, Henry Ruggs, I believe, is out. This Raiders team is depleted, and they're still a four-point favorite. Vegas knows something that we don't. I mean, both both parts of Vegas, the Raiders and the sportsbook, know something, right? I mean, yeah, like with the way the Raiders are decimated right now, and the, how badly they've been playing these last couple, you know, three weeks. I think they went, they got stomped by the Falcons, barely beat the Jets, got stomped by the Colts, and now they're favored against <clears throat> a Chargers team coming off a win. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I understand why Vegas is favored because they got the better record and when healthy, they're a better team and, you know, maybe better coached. But, like, 
a lot of the points that make the Raiders better aren't really true right now. Yeah. Um, this Raiders team will win the game if they get up early and they're able to run the ball. They will lose this game if they are behind. So I guess it all comes down to the first quarter. Um, I'm going to take the, I guess I'm going with Vegas. I'm going the Raiders. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Raiders too. I, Anthony Lynn is the worst coach in the NFL right now, right? Well, it's like, worst situational coach at least. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like his game management is just, it's just like confusing. Like you see him do something and you're like, is he like doing a strategy that nobody has ever thought of before? And then it doesn't work. And you're like, oh, yeah, that was just a bad call. That's why nobody has ever thought of that before. <laughs> That's um, why we don't see that. Yeah. Um, Who did they lose to last week? The uh, Colts. Colts last week? Yeah, they lost to the Colts last week. They beat the Jets that, the week why before. Why is that not sh- Are we talking? Oh, I'm talking about Chargers. Oh, Chargers beat the Falcons last week. Well, what was that? What was that play on where they decided to run the ball on third down and then didn't get the field goal off? I, I, that happens like literally every week. Yeah, it, it it baffles me every time I look on Twitter about Chargers. It's always some sort of miscue when it comes to managing the clock at the end of the quarter and a half and the games. It just makes no sense to me. Um, so yeah, that's that's Anthony Lynn for you. Uh, we're both going to Las Vegas. Um, next up, we got the night game on or the afternoon game on Saturday. We'll start out with the Bills um, traveling to Denver to play the Broncos. The Bills are on a hot streak right now. They're a six point favorite, 49 and a half point over under. Um, I'm not going against the Bills. Yeah, sorry, Andy. I went with the Broncos last week. You guys got a win over the Panthers. That's not happening. I'm going with the Bills. All right. Um, Green Bay, uh, Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. Next game. <laughs> um we probably should preview the green Bay game a little bit uh just i mean we don't really have to carolina's carolina is better than their record presents itself i believe they haven't had chris mccaffrey pretty much the whole year mike davis has stepped up um but this this team will continue to get better um as as the season's progress under Matt Rule and and Teddy Bridgewater yeah Um, and uh, Robbie Anderson's having a good year you know a good signing by them DJ Moore's having a pretty decent year I think he's going to be back for this game off both uh, injury he had an injury a few weeks ago and I think he's now off the COVID list they're going to get a little healthier but yeah I don't believe they're going to have McCaffrey which is obviously a big blow to the Panthers offense because I mean he he is their offense. Yeah, I healthy. think he's played in like four week, four games this year, and he's been absolutely ridiculous in all four. <laughs> yeah, like the, the passing game runs through him. Obviously, the running game goes through him. He just is kind of the catalyst for literally everything they do. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on, though, to the Sunday games. Um, Tennessee takes on Detroit. 11-point favorites are Tennessee. 51-and-a-half-point uh, over-under Uh Detroit showed some life, I guess, uh, under Darrell Bevel um, against the Packers, but that's a division game, and the closest they could keep it was seven. So this 11 points doesn't even scare me when it comes to betting against the spread. I'm going to take Tennessee money line easy. Yeah, I'm going to take Tennessee here. Not, I don't. Is Stafford playing? Uh, he is still questionable with that rib or neck. Yeah, so injury. even if he plays, I'm still going Tennessee. But yeah, if Stafford's out, this thing might get ugly. Yeah. Derrick Henry in December. Yeah, <laughs> the Yeti. That's scary. Um, next up, we got an AFC South matchup. Houston travels to Indy to play the Colts. They just played two weeks ago. Um, Indy won by 
seven or eight? I think six. six. I thought six. it was like 26, 26 20. 20. Okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Indy's a nine-point favorite in this one. I went with Houston Moneyline two weeks ago. I'm going to go with Indy, but I, once again, I think Houston covers, even though they didn't last time. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Indy in a close one here. Their defense has been struggling, you know, a little bit these last couple weeks. Fantasy-wise, they're still doing well, but that's, you know, not exactly the greatest mark of a good defense is fantasy points. Uh, defense has been struggling from what they were doing early in the year. I still think they win, but I think it'll be close. Uh, yeah, next up, the Jets are going 0-16, Rams win. Yeah, got to go Rams. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Uh, Tampa Bay is only a six-point favorite. Uh, th- these lines will all pretty much suggest um, division games because they're all going to be closer than they should be, these lines. Um, this game shouldn't be close, even though Ronald Jones is out with a f- broken finger and COVID. What the fuck? Like, I didn't even realize he broke his finger last week until, like, Tuesday. Yeah, and then he got COVID <laughs> on top of it. Yeah, what the hell? Uh, Ronald Jones is out. Mike Evans has been battling some injuries. So is Chris Godwin, but this game just isn't close. Uh, Matty Ice not playing Matty Ice football. We haven't seen that in like five years. So I'm taking Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm going Tampa Bay here. I'm and I'm not sure if the foul. I think Julio Jones is going to be out. So I'm not really sure Tampa Bay is even going to have to worry about covering here. I think they're going to beat them by quite a bit. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be much of a much of a game at all. Um, AFC East matchup. New England travels to Miami. It's a pick em. Um Over-unders 41 and a half. I made the mistake of um, picking the Chargers a couple of weeks ago against New England. New England wins 45 to zero because Bill Belichick is ridiculous against rookie QBs. I'm not making that mistake again. Patriots win this one. I'm going to make that mistake. I'm ready to get hurt again. Give me the dolphins. All right. I, I don't hate it. And I think Miami is the better team, but I just, I can't. But no, I mean, it. I think like there's, if there's a coach in the NFL who will influence a game more than anybody else, it's bill Belichick. And then yeah. you throw in that it's a rookie quarterback. You throw in that their season's on the line week in and week out for the rest of the way. Yeah. You, you're not, you're not wrong for saying the Patriots are going to win. Yeah. Um, next up, we got Seattle uh, traveling to Landover, Maryland to play Washington, the, the football team, uh, football teams, a five and a half point dog in this one, 44 and a half point over under. I kind of like football team. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. I love picking Washington. I'm I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go Seahawks. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> the Seahawks haven't played very well lately. Um, they just Washington. beat the Jets 40 to three. Yeah, but the game before they lost 12 to 17 to the Giants. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Well and played. Well played. Traveling again to the East Coast. I mean, they went. They went the Meadowlands back to Seattle and then back to Maryland. Like, I don't like that at all. A lot of travel. A lot of travel. No, no um, Antonio Gibson this week, though. Yeah, wait. I, Dwayne Haskins might start. I think I had to change my pick. I really wanted to choose Washington. I'm going to stick with them, even though I, let it be known on the record, I think Washington's going to lose. I'm going to keep the pick because I just want to see him win. But Dwayne Haskins, if he starts, they're putting up 82 yards of offense total. 
<laughs> with Antonio Gibson out. Um, that game could get ugly if Dwayne Haskin has to start. Um, next up, a team that doesn't have to travel much, Chicago going to Minneapolis to play the Vikings. Uh, I think it's probably like a six or seven hour drive, but probably a hour and a half flight, I would assume. Um, yeah, not bad. Yeah. Um, three point favorites are the Vikings 47 point over under I'm going to take the uh, I'm going to take the Bears I'm going to go with the Vikings here uh, I know the Bears are coming off a win last week to kind of end their streak but I think I think the Bears are just kind of giving up at this point I'm going to go with the Vikings I mean they got the same fucking record right now well, yeah, no, I'm like, I'm not saying that the Bears are necessarily better. Or the Vikings are playing for more because they're still both as much in the hunt as the other. Yeah, I just think the Vikings are a little bit better coached and probably have a little bit better atmosphere in the team. I'm just going to go with the Vikings because I don't know. They got yeah. Dalvin Cook. It, yeah, it makes sense. It, you you um, went I Bears. Think- yeah, I think it might be a little bit of recency bias for me just because Mitch played so well against the Texans, but that's a really bad defense. I mean, so is Minnesota, bad defense. So we'll see what happens. Um, next up, we got Jacksonville traveling to Baltimore to play the Ravens after their big win on Monday night. Um, no chance Baltimore loses here. I mean, Jacksonville's trying to get Trevor Lawrence, but they just can't because the Jets are so bad. Well, yeah, I mean, they need the Jets to win at least one more, and they can't squeak out any wins. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Ravens here, too. Big right. spread. 13.5-point spread, 47-point over-under. Um, next up, the Browns, after their tough loss on Monday night, travel to the Meadowlands, 4.5-point favorites against the Giants, 44-point over-under. I love Cleveland in this one to get a big bounce back. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Browns, too. Just, you know, they probably going to be a little fired up after losing in primetime, playing a bad team. Going to go Cleveland. All right, next up, we got the Eagles led by Jalen Hurts traveling to Arizona. Seven-point spread in favor of the Cardinals, 49.5-point over-under. If Jalen Hurts can continue to run the ball as well as he did, uh, I mean, he had over 100 rushing – or I think either near or over 100 rushing yards against uh, probably the best run run defense in the league with uh, the Saints last week. If he can do that consistently, this Philadelphia team is a whole different animal. Yeah, I like the Cardinals to win here. I think the spread's a little much. Uh, I think the Cardinals, I mean, the Cardinals offense is a lot better when Kyler's being mobile. And whether it's, you know, scheme or with the injury he had, he's just not doing that these recent weeks and they haven't been playing as well. But I still think the Cardinals win here, just probably don't cover. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, Game of the week this week, uh, Kansas City travels to New Orleans to play the Saints. Um, This has a lot of playoff implications. Um, as far as seeding in the NFC, uh, Saints are three and a half point dog over under 51 and a half. Um, I believe we're still seeing Taysom under center. Yeah, I know Drew Brees is eligible to come back this week. I just don't know if he is or not. Um, even even with Drew Brees coming back, I'm taking the Chiefs. I, I think they don't lose a game for the rest of the season. Yeah, I like the Chiefs here a little bit because it'll help the Packers a lot, a little bit just because they got Patrick Mahomes and the Saints might have Taysom Hill. Yeah. Um, Not so game of the week. 49ers travel to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys are three-and-a-half-point dogs. Over-unders, 45-and-a-half. I like Dallas here, actually. I think this is a, a a big win that doesn't mean anything for the Cowboys. Yeah, the Niners are coming off a loss to Phil's uh, apparently second favorite team, the football team. (laughs) 
Uh, but I think they're going to bounce back. I... Yeah, this game's going to suck. Yeah. I'm going to go Niners. Okay. And lastly, on Monday night, we get to witness an AFC North matchup. Steelers traveling to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals are atrocious. 14-point spread in favor of the Steelers. 40-and-a-half-point over-under. Um, there's no reason to pick the Bengals in this game, even though Pittsburgh playing so bad. Like, I, I don't know how you pick against uh, the Steelers' money line here. Yeah, money line, I'm definitely – you got to go Steelers. I think I think spread's a little more interesting. 14 points, I think I'd probably take uh, Cincinnati. Well, yeah, with the way Pittsburgh offense is playing, you know, I don't think Cincinnati's going to have to put up a ton of points to cover. But, yeah, money line, obvious choice for us is the Steelers. Yep. Uh, that is Moneyline Picks of the Week. We did 15 or 16 picks. All yeah, 16. Full slate. Damn. Um, uh, before we get into Locks of the Week, um, I'd just like to mention me and Jake are playing each other in fantasy this week. Uh, it is the semifinals of our league, um, and it should be a damn good matchup. Um, I think we'll probably keep you up. To, I, I think I want to keep updates on Twitter just to, like, have people follow along, but it should be Here's, a really uh, good matchup. Maybe what we could do is, uh, well, because if Eckler plays tonight, I'm starting him. So if he plays maybe tonight, we can post a uh, screenshot of our lineups and do a poll who's going to win. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm down with that. Um, but, yeah, it should be a great matchup. I love fantasy football this time of year, um, especially when you're still in the playoffs. Uh, one, of, one of us is going to go on to the championship next week. So uh, we'll keep you updated on that. And we should have – I mean, yeah, if Eckler plays, it's going to be a uh, hell of a Thursday night to watch. Oh, yeah. No, big big implications for uh, the almighty fantasy football tonight. <laughs> All right. Uh, Locks of the Week presented by No One is up next. We got um, three locks every weekend. We give them to you um, if you haven't listened before. Three locks. Usually Jake's picks are more locks than my picks are. My locks seem to go about 500 right now. Um, (laughs) I mean, I haven't been too hot myself. Yeah. Um, My first lock of the week or weekend is um, I'm going to just start an NFL because I already have it pulled up. Um, I'm going to go Packers minus nine and a half against the Carolina Panthers at home. Okay, yeah, like, I like that. I always like a, a lock for the good guys, even though your ass is usually picking the other team to cover. <laughs> uh, my first lock of the week, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus six versus yeah. the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I I mean, I can't argue with that. The, yeah, I mean, for everything we talked about during Moneyline Picks and more, yeah, that's a great pick right there. Um. I am. You want to give me your second one while I grab my my second one? Yeah, just let me find it here so I get the exact line. Uh, my second lock of the week. I'm going with a game we didn't talk. Well, we mentioned it a little bit. I'm going with Texas A&M uh, minus fourteen over Phil's Tennessee Volunteers. I think Texas A&M is going to know that they need to put on an absolute clinic to have any shot in the playoff. If there's a little bit of chaos. So I'm going to go with Texas A&M minus 14 over Tennessee in college football. Uh, yeah, that that's a really good pick. I Tennessee can't cover anything besides the backdoor cover against uh, <laughs> Florida a couple of weeks ago. Um, my second, uh, my second lock is going to be the under in the Wisconsin Minnesota football game, 47 points. Um, 
Did you know this spreads at 12 and a half in favor of Wisconsin? Yeah, I don't like it at all. I I wanted to take Wisconsin trifecta sports spreads, game spreads for the entire weekend, but I can't do it at 12 and a half when Wisconsin doesn't even score 12 points a game. Yeah, no, I don't like that <laughs> spread at all. It scares the hell out of me. Oh, I'm going to take the under. Uh, hey, I, hey. I, well, I appreciate you not taking Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it. I fucking hate Minnesota. Uh, my third lock of the week, I'm going to go with little Maction Conference Championship. I'm going Buffalo minus 13 and a half. I just like that run game too much to, I think, I think Buffalo, no pun intended, is going to run away with this one. Yeah, that makes, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I'm currently looking up the Louisville, Wisconsin spread. Um, uh, I cannot find it right now. Whatever the spread is, if you could maybe look it up real quick. Yeah. Um, Working uh, on it. Yeah, Badgers are 3-3 three and three against the spread this year. Obviously not ideal, but I... Uh, I don't see them. I mean, in this Badger weekend, I'm just going to – I think it's seven and a half is what I'm getting right now. Um, Badgers are seven and a half point favorites against Louisville this weekend. Um, I have to make make the third leg of our Wisconsin betting. Um, I will make this – I won't make this a parlay, but just, just to stick with the Wisconsin sports, I'm going to take Wisconsin minus seven and a half against a good Louisville team. Well, which, you could just put it on the table. And just say fuck it, we're going a single day uh, Wisconsin money line or uh, parlay. Well, I pro- you know what you know what's probably going to happen. I'm going to do three individual bets, and then I'm going to make the same bet but in a parlay. All right, that's fair. I mean, that'll that'll do. Yeah, I, I think you that's... know what, and it'll hit, and we will have a heck of a day. Yeah, I'm very yeah, excited. I'm finding absolutely nothing on the spread. Yeah, I hopped on uh, action actually. Yeah, it's just not listed for anything. Maybe they're waiting to see COVID shit. I don't know. I got DraftKings has it at seven and a half. Um, A couple other places have it at seven and a half. So I'm just going to take the seven and a half. Lock it. Yep. Um, Those are our locks of the week. Um, And that's the entire episode of episode 33, uh, Catching a Buzz. We were – it's – I don't even know how to describe this week. It's It's been so damn busy that like sneaking this into a, a couple hour window um, throughout the week was a little tough where we had to reschedule a couple times. Uh, glad we got it in though before conference championship week should be a great weekend to watch sports, um, drink with your buddies, sit on the couch for about 12 hours a day, um, especially when it comes to Wisconsin sports. So um, yeah, really excited about this weekend. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good sports weekend. Uh, I'm looking forward to our little conference championship competition along with fantasy. So yeah, we got a lot riding on this weekend. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't even pro I am now about to have a full blown panic attack. Oh, the, for sure. At the, like the, the three Wisconsin sports, the fantasy, the conference championships. I'm going to have the big one. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> this might be the last time I'm signing off. It's been a hell of a run. <laughs> Yeah, hell of a run. We'll see you guys next week. Um, Yeah, thanks for listening.